0: So it all depends on understanding people, right? Yeah. And, and to your point, when we we're young engineers, we know all of yeah. it. You're not going to tell me, I don't, if you're, if you're my manager, you're not going to tell me what's right and what's wrong because I know yeah. it. I got taught right and you don't know any yeah. better. So I, I'm not going to lie. I, it was, it was one of the, the greatest, I would call it growth that I got out of that experience too, which is understanding that the two guys that I had or the two team members that I had at the time. So one of them had that mentality. Nope. I know it all. You're not going to tell me any different. Mm-hmm. So to me, I had to change as a leader. I changed how I conduct myself with that individual I understood exactly why they're doing what they're doing. Leaders lead people. Managers manage things. So this is my definition of leadership. So it doesn't mean that leaders do not manage things. I think. Leaders is actually the second step of being a manager. Manager is actually the beginning because you're managing things, you're managing programs, you're managing things. We always start with managing people because we don't know how to do it any differently. And the moment you become a leader, you're leading people. You're actually, as I said, it's all about giving them the right environment. But giving them the right environment doesn't happen naturally. You have to understand people first. I remember something that I just read or saw for Simon Sinek. And I I resonate on it all the time. So he talked about people that just go to the gym for the first time. They work out on all of this. They spend a lot of time at the gym. They go back, they take the shirt off. They're like, yep, nothing's happening. So they do it for a couple of times. And after that, they give up because they said there are no results. Mm -hmm. And he said, it's not about 20 hours you spend at the gym for a day. It's about the consistency, the 20 minutes that you spend every single day for the rest of your life. You're not gonna see results at the beginning of it, you're gonna see results at the end of it. Turn this up! Turn
1: this up! Your professional development is one of the keys to your career success. When you combine your desire to grow with actionable steps, your journey to success becomes an incredible reality. Hi, I'm Paul Feranbi. Welcome to Incredible Paul Leadership, where we learn how to become the most incredible versions of ourselves by learning from each other. Today, I have the honor of having Mazin Alnizumi on the show. He's a man who's worked all over the country, traveled the world in manufacturing, research and development, so many different things I'm sure we'll get into. He's actually been mentioned a couple of times on the show as well. So I'm super excited to have you, Mazin. But how about you introduce
0: yourself the way you would do it? Hi, Paul. Thank you for having me. So my name is Mazin Alnijumi. I am um, part of the operations team at AFB International um, in the Springfield, Missouri area. Awesome.
1: So tell me more about AFB. What, What do they do? How did you get into that?
0: Yeah. Absolutely. So AMD International, it stands for Applied Food Biotechnology. So we make pet food palatant um, prior. So in essence, it's all about pet food. And <laughs> we always say we enhance pet food palatability. So our job is to make the icing on the cake, just like how we do actually in, in regular cooking. Okay. The icing of the cake. So you, so you mentioned
1: palatability. So I'm guessing for those who may not be as familiar with those terms, you make it taste better for pets.
0: That is correct. So I always look at it or explain it to people in terms of human food. Mm-hmm. So if you make a cake, it's, it's tasteful. <laughs> but if you had the icing, if you're an icing person, that's exactly what we make. We make topical additive to the pet food and it makes it extremely palatable. It makes the dog and the cat wants to eat it more th- than what, what it is without it. Wow, okay.
1: So that, that, that's really interesting. So I, I know you're doing that now. How, like, what got you into manufacturing? Or did you, when you were going to college, did you know that you wanted to be in a manufacturer? Kind of like talk me through the journey from, yeah, yeah, your
0: journey. Fair question. So the way that I grew up, so I grew up actually outside of the US. I grew up in Sudan, uh, which is northeast of, northeast of Africa. Since we were kids, me and my older brother, I, I would call it, we knew what we wanted to do. I knew that I always wanted to become an engineer. Mm-hmm. So even the stuff that I had, uh, the toys that I had, it was all engineering mindset. My older brother became a doctor and everything that he had was actually around surgery and doing stuff mm-hmm. like that. So this is how I knew what I wanted to do. I wanted to become an engineer. I didn't know what discipline I'm going to be in. So I had a mentor when I was a kid and he was um, he had his... PhD actually in in oil and refineries. Wow. So I thought oil will be the path that I'm going to take. But talking to him while I was growing up, he said, don't do it. Chemical engineering is the way. And wow. I had no idea what that meant. So when I went to chemical engineering, I uh, going back actually a little bit in time. So through high school, I I, I got to a place that I was actually trying to learn and try to actually be the best at, at what I do. Mm-hmm. Um, in Sudan, we have just a general high school exam that we take. And when I took that exam, I was actually top out of the 300,000 people that took it. I was number 76. Wow. So I wow, wow. I'm not going to let you skip
1: past that. Out of 376,000 okay. people, you said you're number correct.
0: 77? 77 in the whole country. That's correct. Well, like, what um, percentage is that? I, I, I did not do the math. <laughs> okay, I feel like the that's the like top <laughs> half percent or something. That's really very good. Correct. Yep. But, but here's what I want people to understand because it sounds like we always talk about the wins without talking about how we got there. Mm. So if you go back, Schooling was not actually my thing. Um, I, I loved playing soccer when I was a kid. And I- I'll never forget, my mom used to say, you can play soccer for the re- rest of your life and you're going to rely on your body. If it deteriorates, you're going to stop and you're not going to do anything. Mm-hmm. So focus on your mind mo- most of the time. So wow. so I once I did that switch, um, I- I'll never forget uh, middle school, I got into a class. So they had two type of classes. They have the one that had the top people and they had the one that they did not have the good people in it, like people that were still struggling. So yes, I was part of that class. I'm not going to lie. So while I was in that class, I'll never forget. I was like, this is not who I am. This is not how I want to be defined. So I took a step back and I start being deliberate about me being good at school and we used to have monthly tests so and then you get ranked amongst the whole school so this third month i remember we had a teacher he came in and he said so y'all are still trying to actually make it in life who's the best in class so everyone pointed at me so i raised my hand he's like so what rank are you what 20th in the whole uh, school and i remember i said no i'm actually the second in the whole school i said the top one is actually in the top class but i'm the second person he's like why are you here i said I don't know how you guys put me in this class. <laughs> wow. <laughs> He's like, well, that's not going to work. So they actually moved me to the other class yeah. with the with the rest of the, the, the team. Nothing was different. Nothing was different a- at all. It was just to me, um, I always tried to compete with myself instead of competing with others. And that's how I grew up. That's why I did what I did when I talked about me being number 76 in the whole country. It was just me competing against myself. When I took the exam... My mom kept asking me, so are you going to pass? That's exactly <laughs> what she kept asking. Are you going to pass? I said, I don't know. I think I did good. And she's like, what do you mean? I said, I don't know. I really don't know. I think I good. I did good. When, when the results came out, she was super, super shocked. Wow. So continuing down that story, because she did not want to let it go. Well, <laughs> continuing down that story, Paul. Um, so when you become that high ranking, I had two options. When we were kids, we knew that we're gonna move to the US. Mm -hmm. So my dad was like, do you guys wanna go to the US now? Or do you wanna continue your education in Sudan? Um, My dad was super keen about us knowing about our background and our family culture. Mm -hmm. So to me, that was super keen. And I was like, you know what, we'll do that first. And when you're on the top of the list out of the 370,000 people that we had, I had free education going to university of two. That's amazing. So I had the options. So if you're the top out of the 50, you can actually go and become an electrical engineer. That was not my choice. That's what everyone wanted to do because that was actually the best thing that we had. I wanted to become a chemical engineer. Mm. Just talking to my mentor, as I said earlier. So when I went through it, I understood exactly what he meant. Chemical engineering involves in every single thing, semiconductors, food manufacturing, and so on and so forth. So throughout my college years, um, I had the opportunity for me to go to different industries. Mm-hmm. So I've been in the oil industry. I've been in the cement manufacturing industries. So I got, and, and also I've been actually in the sugar manufacturing industry. Oh, wow. So I got a taste of that. Literally a super, taste of super, it, right? Super. <laughs> i did i did get a taste of it so i was super intrigued and that's why i knew that my heart is actually all in manufacturing wow
1: are you looking for a place to continue to grow and develop especially in your leadership how about connecting with others who feel the same way hi i'm paul ferrandi aka incredible Paul, and i've got great news for you the incredible community is for people who desire to become the most incredible versions of themselves. The community is for individuals who are goal-driven and action-oriented. This community is dedicated to leadership and personal growth, especially in going deeper in your career, starting a business, or developing a business. Join me in becoming the most incredible version of yourself. Go to incrediblepaw.org slash community to join the waitlist and sign up i n c r e d i paul dot org slash community. Join the wait list. I can't wait to see you there. I, I love that story because even what you 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 shared from when you were you said in middle school you decided that you you wanted to be good at school, and that your mom was yes. intentional about yes you're you're great at soccer but there's limits based on what your body can do but I think Correct. scientists are continuing to show that our minds are truly limitless. We can continue to grow and yep. expand neuroplasticity, all this other scientific jargon that we won't get into. So that that is really cool.
0: Yep. So after I did all of that, um, I moved to the US and when we moved to the US, so prior to that, we used to come back and forth uh, between Sudan and the US. When I moved to the US, um, I knew that I wanted to actually be in academia. That's exactly what I wanted to do. So the first thing that I did, um, we lived in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. Um, I applied to both schools, the two rivalries, Iowa State and University of Iowa. <laughs> I got admitted to University of Iowa okay. and I did my master's in chemical engineering. When I graduated, I did actually get a congratulation letter from Iowa State as really? well. So I have, <laughs> I like both, both schools, but my heart goes to University of Iowa. Yeah. I
1: mean, you went to school. Um, I
0: understand. Absolutely. But in Iowa, we're all the same. Mm-hmm. Yep. So after I did that, as I said, then I, as I said, I wanted to be in academia and I had a good, a good professor that kept talking to me about Why do you want to be in academia? I said, I like research. I want to do research for the rest of my life. And he said, but do you want to do it for the university or can you actually do it for other companies? I was like, I did not know that there's that's an option. I said, well, let me see what that would look like. So my first job while I was still in school, I actually worked for Cargill Corn Milling. And we I worked actually on a new invention that they had at the time. And it was an exciting work and I really, really loved it. Then I had another opportunity for me to work with them in, uh, in actually in soybean manufacturing down in Georgia. And it was an excellent, it was an exciting opportunity. I learned a lot out of it, but it was not what I was looking for. I wanted to actually do more. And while I was in Iowa, while I was at Iowa, um, we had the career fair and I actually met a few leaders at that time. Actually, they were young at that time. Um, and they said, Hey. Nestle Purina. I grew up, as, as I said, outside of the U.S. Mm. Nestle is a an, an well-known company and everyone knows yeah. it. It's, it's, it's what everyone wants. So I was like, you know what, let me try it. And it was actually a management trainee program. Mm. And when they looked at my resume, they said, you have the opportunity either to go to engineering or you can actually do production. When I did my interview, they said, hey, you have this extensive R&D experience and you have a lot of knack for R&D. We had this new program that we have not tried yet called, uh, it's a management trainee for R&D. Mm. I said, uh, I wanted to do that for for the rest of my life. So yes, why not? Yeah. So I got admitted, went to Davenport, Iowa. That's where I started my career with Nessie Parine. Oh, wow. uh, I met a lot of great people. I'm not gonna lie. Um, <laughs> I still till today talk to a lot of them too. So I started in Davenport, Iowa as a management trainee. Um, then from there, I actually moved to St. Louis, joined the R&D team, worked in R&D for quite a while. You know, when you think that you know what you want, then you get there and you're like, is that all what it is in life? Wow! And that's exactly what I got into. Wow. While I was in R&D, I was like, this is awesome. I love it. That's not what I wanna be. Mm. This is not enough for me. So after that, I pursued other opportunities actually within Nestle Verena. So I got the opportunity for me to be part of a performance um, performance team, uh, performance acceleration team. Mm-hmm. And this one is start, so in R&D, I traveled a lot. I traveled a lot, actually, to different factories in the U.S., and I traveled a lot outside of yeah. the U.S. Um, one of the best experiences I had it was actually when I went to France and I worked with the, with the team over there. Different culture, it taught me a lot about how to communicate different yeah. as a person, how to understand different cultures and such. So going back, cause I should jump to that one a little bit. So going back, I went to that performance acceleration team and it was actually, it was an interesting assignments that I had where you actually get to travel to different factories, get embedded part of the factory itself. You get to learn, work with the people. And when I say work with the people, work with the management team and work with the people on the floor, Mm. you understand people. And you're going to hear me talk a lot about understanding people because as leaders, if we don't understand people. We don't know how how they get motivated we don't understand how they can actually do what they do Exactly. so i this is when i start learning more and more about who i am as a person and what does that mean Mm. um i know you had a few people actually on your show like trisha she talked a lot about me (laughs) it taught me about what an influential leader can do Mm -hmm. you don't have to have a title for you to actually make it or break it you can literally do it without having a title But at the same time, it was actually sculpturing me as a leader Mm. to understand exactly what I want to do, how that would look like. And at the same time, while I was traveling, I was learning from other people too. So seeing what people would do, how they would would act in front of others, what they would do, and why they do it. Mm. I was so keen on the why. You probably read Simon Sinek's book, Starts With Why. To me, I wanted to actually understand why people do what they do. That they don't have this, they don't necessarily say it, but it's how they conduct it, how they do it. You can figure out why they're doing what they're doing. Um, so after all of that had happened, I got the opportunity for me to actually go back and embed myself in a factory. So I was part of the operations team in again, Davenport, Iowa. And that was a really, really good. Yep. Back to Davenport. It was a really good experience for me. So it was my official manager title and i'm saying manager because at that time i was a manager i was trying to understand exactly what i was doing how i was gonna fit and so on and so forth um this is when i start learning that if you don't have a good mentor you can actually mentor yourself there's a lot of stuff out out there they can actually go and read as long as you know what you're struggling with Mm. So I start journaling every single day. Every time I struggle with something, I write it down and go and just do enough research. My research background had helped me do enough research to listen to different people, how they conduct it, how they do it. But you don't have to mimic what they're doing. You figure out what works for you and just say, this is my true identity for me to actually get better at it.
1: That is, that's um, so key. Throughout that experience. I don't want to interrupt, but thats I want to make sure uh, people catch yeah. that. that. Because I, I talk a lot about mentorship and mentorship is key, but you can mentor yourself. But it does take Absolutely. some degree of self-awareness. Like you were saying that you're were you were journaling, making sure you understood what your struggles were. So all for all the people listening out there, if you don't, if you define yourself that you don't have the right mentors, you, you can mentor yourself. You get mentorship from books, from a lot of different things. I just want to add that, but keep going.
0: Right. Correct. Yeah, no, absolutely. Appreciate you for actually highlighting that, Paul. So, so after that, as I said, it was a wonderful experience. I learned a lot from it. I do appreciate everyone that had, had helped me through it. Mm-hmm. Um, the outside mentors, inside mentors, mm-hmm. and so on and so forth. From there, I actually moved to um, actually a different role within the Super arena at a headquarter job where we're actually supporting and helping other facilities. Mm-hmm. And this is where I actually met you. Pal. Yeah, that's where I met. It was actually... <laughs> Yep, this is how we met, and that experience was really, really wonderful because it also gave me the opportunity for me to actually travel again, meet a lot of people, and also understanding leaders as well. Oh, and from there, um, COVID had happened, <laughs> as we all know. And, and I want to, I want to briefly, I'm, I want to expand a little bit about about what had what what COVID is. COVID, yes, there's a lot of stuff that had happened. A lot of people had died, and that's awful. There's no doubt about it, but us as human beings, this was the time that everyone had the opportunity for them to slow down mm-hmm. and really think about what's going on in their life. Mm-hmm. Where you at? And you have to do a full self-evaluation. And I really applaud the people that were or had the opportunity to do it. And I, I'm sad that if people had missed that opportunity, I hope they find an opportunity in the future. Mm-hmm. So for me, COVID, it was literally when I slowed down and I literally stopped asking myself, Is this all what it is for me in life Mm -hmm. is this how i would like to actually live the rest of my life is this what i want to do and i sat down with myself i again wrote it down just like what i do and i was like nope this is not this is not all Mm -hmm. And, and 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 at that time i was like well what else is different what else is out there and out of nowhere literally this opportunity came in for for a b international they're looking for an engineering manager and at that time They were just starting a group of engineers at a factory level. I was like, wow, that's awesome. It's an opportunity for me to coach and mentor new leaders Mm -hmm. of the company. So I was like, this is exactly what I've been looking for. Uh, My philosophy in life is simple. You learn from a big company. You go to a small company, then you actually give more and more. And that's exactly what I want to do. So I was like, this is exactly the natural progression that I was looking Mm -hmm. for. So, and and the beauty of it, as I said, starting a new engineering group. So it's something that is not easy to ah. do. Some of us would like to actually go to an established mm-hmm. area and we just manage it. Or you can start from scratch and to, to create it with others. That was actually the beauty of mm-hmm. it for me. So I was like, okay, let's go ahead and do it. Um, and actually started the job without going to the facility, have not met the people, wow. but had faith in what I'm going to go into. And I, And I always say, it's not about... Who I am today, it's what I'm going to become in the future. So I was super excited about what I'm going to become in the future. And that's all what I kept kept actually being positive about. Um, so I st- we started that team. Um, it was me and two young engineers that just graduated from college. Wow. And this was an interesting experience for me because it was literally about mentoring young engineers. Mm um i'm not gonna lie some of it was struggles i had some struggles with it too Mm -hmm. but it's just like pushing a rock it's so hard at the beginning but the moment you had momentum it's gonna keep on rolling and that's exactly what we got into the moment we have the momentum everything went smooth we literally were rocking it left and right um, to the point that we we were applauded for everything that we're doing from that experience, um, I actually got the opportunity for me to go and join our um, company in the Netherlands, and it was a small stint assignment mm. um, out in Austin netherlands especially in the south part of the Netherlands. That experience to me, it was it was a three months assignment um, working with the operation team. It was it was interesting. There's a lot of stuff that that I actually grew yeah. because of it. I grew personally, I grew professionally.
1: Are you wondering what's next? As everything you tried failed, or maybe you just feel stuck, then coaching might be right for you. The coaching relationship is a relationship totally centered on you. If you're tired of running on the hamster wheel of life and want to start to see results, reach out to Incredipaul for help. So what are you waiting for? Go to Incredipaul.org slash coaching, I-N-C-R-E-D-I-P-A-U-L dot org slash coaching. Or at I am Incredible on all my socials. Or you can click the link in the bio for your free coaching session. I wanna make sure you become the most incredible version of yourself.
0: So, from a professional level, I got to work with a different culture as well. Never actually got to, I don't know how to speak Dutch, <laughs> didn't know anyone over there. So I knew how to actually navigate that, knew how to work with the people, knew und- and understood how to actually work and understand the people. So we actually did a lot of great things um, while I was there, just um, because we created a team mm. and we created a bond and we knew how we, we can work together. Wow. Now, from a personal perspective, as I said, it was it, it was tough when you go to a country and you don't know anyone and you have no idea what's going on and you don't know what to do and such. Wow. So again, I went back to journaling the same way that I Mm. did it. And I literally sat down with myself. I said, why do I feel this way? Mm. And it was like, why do I feel this way? And sometimes when we don't know what that would look like, literally write it down. So I sat down, paper and pen, wrote down exactly how I felt, Mm. each one of them. said, okay. Then I asked myself, what am I doing about it? Mm. So I start literally solving it as if it was an equation. (laughs) Well, this is what I can do about it. This is what I can do about this and this and this. So I wrote all of that down. Then i said so what actions are we taking i start writing actions then i put it on a calendar and i held myself hold my hold myself accountable to execute on it every single day and I had it with green or red did i do it <laughs> did i not did i do it did i not till today i still have the same exercise
1: wow so i could definitely see the continuous improvement side of you coming out through that whole exercise but that is so yeah, cool which and I've thought about, I think one day I'll I'll definitely do it about how much of the stuff we learn and Continuous Improvement really is directly applicable to life from what you were saying. true. Sure. Just understanding and sure. writing out, just developing the problem statements like what you were doing and then figuring out the possible solutions and then um, checking out what were you actually going to do with those actions. But yeah, throughout your story, I, can, I just sense a lot of intentionality in what you're doing and making sure you're doing the right thing, but then also mentorship and getting mentorship for yourself, whether it's through individuals, like you mentioned that your mentor told you go into chemical engineering or mentoring others, like you mentioned that you went into AFB as an engineering manager, brand new team, engineers right out of school, which we we both used to be engineers right out of school, so we know That at that stage we think we know a lot more than we actually do. And as we learn (laughs) yeah, as we learn more, we realize we we there's just so much more that you don't know. It's like what you don't know what you don't know. A fact. So that's really cool. And
0: and and that's 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 difficult to navigate. I'm glad that you're talking about Mm -hmm. it, Paul. So so it all depends on understanding people, right? And and to your point, when we're young engineers, we know all of it you're not going to tell me, I don't, if you're, if you're my manager, you're not going to tell me what's right and what's wrong. Cause I know yeah. it. I got taught right. And you don't know any yeah. better. So I, I'm not going to lie. I, it was, it was one of the, the greatest, I would call it growth that I got out of that experience too, which is understanding that the two guys that I had or the two team members that I had at the time. So one of them had that mentality. Nope. I know it all. You're not going to tell me any different. Mm-hmm. So to me, I had to change as a leader, I changed how I conduct myself with that individual, understood exactly why they're doing what they're doing. And it was literally for them, it was, they don't want to show weakness Mm -hmm. and they want to show strength at all times. So they're not humble in the process. Mm -hmm. And I was okay with that. The moment I understood that it became, okay, let's do it your way, but it's forgiving. If it did not work out, it is okay. okay. Because I want people to understand, it's okay to fail as long as they're failing forward, and as long as you create that that, that environment for them, for them to nourish and get better, that's all what mattered to me. My other engineer was—I'll call him a slow starter. <laughs> I actually resembled my 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 career and myself with him. Okay. A lot of people did not see that he's going to do good. To be honest with you, I was like, oh, my goodness, this is me when I was younger. This is exactly what was going on with. Yeah, this is exactly what was happening to me. People don't see it. And to be honest with you, reflecting on it multiple times, we both I had a confidence issue when I was when I was younger. That's why I had a slow start. I I always say um, not not every every bean will sprout every bean will sprout different depends on the environment. As long as you know exactly the right environment for it, for it to sprout good. Mm. So I figured out exactly what was going on for him and what environment he needs to actually be in. And it was literally about getting small wins. Mm. So it was consistent small wins, which gave him confidence. Once he actually grew his confidence, he became one of the best engineers that that we ever had. Wow.
1: That's remarkable. Even for you as a leader to see... Yourself in him because, like, it's I'm sure it was not easy to spend that additional time because I'm, I'm sure other people are like, Well, this person's not going to be a high achiever. And I know in, in corporate and in really anywhere, they're like, Oh, where are the high achievers? Want to focus on them, but it takes a goodly, leader, a great leader, I would say, to understand this is where this person is at, this is what they need, and understanding they needed that additional attention, they needed the the small wins. And that's something I continue to try to get better at. I could say I'm a recovering perfectionist that I I look at the long-term goal and I feel like if I'm not hitting it yet, that I'm failing, which I'm okay with failing, but I just continue to move forward. But I'm being intentional about celebrating the wins along the way.
0: Correct, correct, absolutely, absolutely.
1: Yeah. So you've had a tremendous career and you summarized it pretty quickly because I, because I know you mentioned where we, we met each other um, in Nestle Perina as part of the continuous improvement team and then also relooped because while you're in the Netherlands, I happened to be in the Netherlands with Perina as well. So we we met up there, got to experience some of the, the Netherlands food and culture and you, introduced me to Vita ballin, which I'm sure I am not pronouncing right, but it's an amazing like meatball, <laughs> d- yeah, like meatball dish. But what were some of your your highlights or memorable moments in your careers? I don't know if it was more the transitions or anything that you're really excited about as you kind of went through your career.
0: Yeah, so to me, it was actually meeting the different people mm-hmm. um, at, across every single place that I've been mm-hmm. at. Um, as i say, i get fascinated nowadays even in the past i get fascinated by people i get fascinated about people culture and such so that has been the highlight of my career when i left parina i i remember i i sent an email out and i counted how many people i sent an email out to it was 647 wow people. and those are the people that were still remaining and i had i'll call it strong connection with them so that was my highlight. I I typically when I get to know people, I typically have a strong connection with six hundred
1: and forty seven people that you yep. individually wasn't a, like a list
0: serve so or anything. It was like individual people, six hundred forty seven. So it, it was a massive email, yeah. But but out of the six hundred forty seven, yep, you listed them all. And, and there were others, yep, there were others that I actually sent. Additional emails wow. or additional notes just to actually appreciate what they've mm-hmm. done and what, what they've actually got me into for me to become who, I'm, who I am today. Wow. But
1: that's the highlight.
0: No, I, I can definitely
1: see that from uh, like for me knowing you personally and then everyone who I've ever met, if I mention the name Mazin and they immediately light up, they're like, you know, Mazin or how's Mazin doing? Like, I can say, and I'm, I'm sure there's going to be a lot of people that know you that eventually watch or listen to this, that everyone who interacts with you is left with uh, not even a, a positive experience. I'll say an uplifting experience. Cause I don't, I don't want to say it's natural because I don't want to discredit any work that you put into it because it's just because it's natural doesn't mean you have to, you don't have to put in work, but you have this ability to see something in people and highlight it and make them feel really good about themselves. And I can
0: see that with pretty much everyone you interact with. I go back to say, it's, it's exactly what I mm-hmm. talked about. The being cannot sprout if you're not putting it in the right environment. Mm-hmm. Us as human, not even as leaders, we have that ability to do that. We can literally put people in the wrong environment for them to, for that pedal to actually diminish. Or for that the bean not to sprout, but we also have the ability to make it actually nourishing, so everyone can sprout. So it's a choice, and I choose the latter, that the second one, for me to actually have the right environment for people as a leader and also as a person. That's, that's really good.
1: So I know this is incredible, Paul, leadership, and you've already shared a lot of great leadership tips, and um, we talk about start with why, systemic as well. I wanna kind of go back a little bit, cause I know you mentioned that when you're in Davenport that you were a manager and you highlight the fact that you're a manager, you weren't leading. Yeah. Was there a specific moment that you kind of made the differentiation between, this is a manager, this is a leader, or actually before you even get to
0: that, what is your definition of leadership? Okay, yeah. so leaders lead people managers manage things so this is my definition of leadership so it doesn't mean that leaders do not manage things i think leaders is actually the second step of being a manager manager is actually the beginning because you're managing things you're managing programs you're managing things we always start with managing people because we don't know how to do it any differently and the moment you become a leader you're leading people you're actually as i said it's all about giving them the right environment but giving them the right environment doesn't happen naturally. You have to understand people first. And that's where a lot of us struggle as leaders. We don't have the, the necessary time for us to to sit down, talk to our people, mm-hmm. understand exactly who they are, what they truly, the, 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 what do they want to be and all of that. Or what we do is, because we're all held to KPIs. KPIs are numbers. Yeah. It's all about, we, get, we always get pushed to manage. We always get pushed mm-hmm. to manage. But if you literally take all the KPIs out, what's the premise of the KPI? It's literally people. Mm. People are the ones that are actually making the KPI work. If we think more about focusing on people, the KPIs will come. That's that's really powerful. so I know. Yep. And I, I don't wanna this go away from your question. Your question was how was your experience at, at Davenport as well? Um, why did you say you were a manager? Yeah. So I, I can talk. I can talk a lot about that experience. Mm-hmm. So while I was there, I, as I said, I was a new leader. Um, before that, I, I felt that I was an influential leader. Um, I, I knew how to actually lead people. When you actually get the actual title, it's a little bit different because mm-hmm. now you have a lot of responsibility. You have a lot on your shoulder. So the first thing that we do, we tell people what to do. This is what I want you guys to do from now on. This is how I want it to be. <laughs> you're smiling, Paul, because you know exactly what that yeah. means. We've all have faced it. All of us has. Um, so when you look at it, you're like, but now you're discrediting what they can mm-hmm. do. And what you're saying is you're not capable. I'm the person that knows better than you are. Instead of us saying, hey, this is the direction that we're headed, which is different. It's a different communication. This is the direction that we're headed. I think mm-hmm. we're getting there. But how can we actually sculpture it or make it better for us to actually make it to where it aligns with the direction that we're going? It's all about how you actually manage the communication mm-hmm. piece. It's not you telling. It's you leading people and saying, this is the direction. This is, how we're, this is where we're going. The how is literally after the people that you work with. No, I really like that
1: you mentioned that. Because that, I feel like it's really easy to get into that mode of telling people because yep. then... It's easier because you're like, okay, this is what I want you to do. Don't think about anything. But you can lose a lot of knowledge and innovation because you're not getting any of that person's experiences or ideas. And especially when people are new, either to an organization or to a department, they often see things that
0: other people haven't seen before. So. Correct. And, and if you think about it, too, leadership, actually, we, we all were led when we were kids. Yeah. If you remember when we were kids, our parents used to say, or even my mom, don't touch the <laughs> stove. It's going to burn you. Right. Yeah. It's It's she manages what we do. What do we do? We still yeah. do it because we're trying to learn. Mm-hmm. And some parents will say, it's OK. Did you learn now? And it's all about saying it's OK. What did we learn out of that experience is actually what matters. It's not saying, I told you don't do it, now you did it, now you're burned. It's it's okay. What did we learn out of that experience is actually what matters the most? That's that's good.
1: To reframe it from yep. the aversion for negative yeah, the neck, exactly. The negative or aversion yep. of failure to focus on the learning instead.
0: Correct, correct. And and, and I owe, I truly believe leaders create the environment and, and to your point you can make it negative so that people get extremely that they shut down or you can make it extremely positive that what did we learn out of it and how we can actually learn from this experience. It's better to actually say how can we learn out of this experience than saying we should not have done this. Yeah. No, I, I really like that. What would you oh were you about to say something? No, no, no <laughs> I, I was, I, I like, I was making sure.
1: Well so like imagine it's crowdfunding ball leadership. There's a lot of people on here that either are newer to leadership, or they're just looking for ways to develop their leadership. What? And I know you mentioned it earlier, that just because you don't have a management or leadership title, that doesn't mean that you can't lead. What do you tell people who are kind of struggle with that, that they're like, okay,
0: how do I lead? Like, what can I even do? I love that question um, a lot, Paul. So even today, like we're talking, and whomever is going to actually watch this video, as of today, you look at your manager, say or your leader, learn how they do what they do, and ask them why do you do what you do, and learn from that. It's they're not they'll tell you they'll tell you why they do what they do. So learn from that experience. You don't have to actually do anything different. Then there are a lot of other resources. They can go through incredible. They can actually watch that, that the interviews that you have. They can literally find different books. Mm-hmm. Simon Sinek is actually one of the one of the the best ones when it comes to leadership. His leadership style is different. Mm-hmm. It's not it's not how leadership used to be. It's a little bit different. Um, so so if you can. As I said, it's all about self awareness. What are you struggling with as a leader? If you understand what that is, you can literally find it. You can find resources online. You can find books that you can read that will give you an idea of what that would look like. However, I I, I got to be cautious when I say this. Do not mimic what other people do. Do what works yeah. for you. And as a leader, while I was learning, I always say I managed. I I I. I and measure the response. Mm-hmm. So if it's something that I have not done before, I do it, then I measure the response. Was it positive? Was it negative? And how positive was it? And how negative was it? And how can I actually make it? How can I adjust to it so I can get the right response that I'm looking for? This is as simple as I can say it. Measure. If you don't know how to do it, learn, understand, make it your own, then measure the response. And from there, you can adapt however you want.
1: That's really good because measuring the response is the only way you can actually apply what you learned because I think it's really easy because our society and the life is just so fast-paced. We're always going and going. And John Maxwell has a great quote about that. Activity does not mean accomplishment. Like just because you're busy doesn't mean you're getting the right things done. It's been said that managers do things right, but leaders do the right things. You can do all the things, but maybe you're not doing the right things. And the whole idea of reflecting on yourself and your situation and evaluating what you're doing, like where you're saying like, oh, I did this. This is what happened. And unless you're being intentional about it, it's it's not going to happen. Because when we're in school, especially elementary school, like, there's homework. There's all these different checkpoints to make sure that we're, we're learning, even in college. But I don't I don't remember what the statistic is. I, and I think it, it varies depending on who you ask. So after people leave high school, the average adult reads maybe one self-help book or one book to help themselves a year. So, yeah, a yeah. year. So just just to think about that, if you just read two books that went to help your development, whether it's something specifically on leadership or communication, you would do better than the majority of the population just from reading two books.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, and I, I get it. When we just get out of college and we become new leaders, the first thing that we say, we're not going to read a single book <laughs> yeah. moving forward. I understand yeah. that but you do need it in order for you to nourish and grow. You have to challenge yourself and you have to actually learn new things for you to actually get better. Absolutely. And the, speaking of reading,
1: so I'm reading a book right now called no excuses by Brian Tracy. And it's. Oh, Brian Tracy. Has yeah. You wrote eat that frog. Uh, yeah. It's it's a really good book. I'm in the middle of it, but one thing that he mentioned that resonated with me because i thought this for a while is that you really don't ever just stay at a certain level when in your leadership in your development is either you're continuing to climb up or you're starting to decline there's no such thing as like being Mm -hmm. steady state in your development and and a lot of times, because the way we set goals, we're like, okay, we're going to do this. And then you feel like, okay, I stay there. It's like, if you don't do anything else, you're going to start to decline. It's just like working out or yeah. eating healthy. You can't tell yourself like, oh, I help. I eat healthy for a year. Now next year, I don't have to eat healthy at all. Like that's not how this works. <laughs> oh, we're working out. Yeah. yeah.
0: You can't do that. Yeah. So, so you remember when we actually had Nestorina? Yeah. one of the things that they used to teach us was, Anchor the change, mm-hmm. right? When you go through change, you get to anchor it. So you're right. So if you have a new routine and you're saying, this is what I'm going to do for me to lose weight, make sure you anchor mm-hmm. it. If you're changing your diet, this is literally going to be your, li- it's not, it's not a changing diet. It's going to be a new mm-hmm. lifestyle. That's why people talk about it. It sustains, it typically sustains if it's a new sti- mm-hmm. lifestyle because now you're anchoring the change and you're saying, this is what I'm going to do moving yeah, forward. Exactly. That's okay. why all the, all those different fats and stuff don't work. I
1: mean, they work in the interim, but if you stop doing what made you successful or caused a change, you're not gonna keep it.
0: Yeah, and and it's interesting that you're saying this. I was actually, I remember something that I just read or saw for Simon Sinek and I, I resonate on it all the time. So he talked about people that just go to the gym for the first time. They work out on all of this. They spend a lot of time at the gym. They go back, they take the shirt off. They're like, yep, nothing's happening. So they do it for a couple of times. Then after that, they give up because they said there are no results. Mm-hmm. And he said, it's not about 20 hours you spend at the gym for a day. It's about the consistency, the 20 minutes that you spend every single day for the rest mm-hmm. of your life. You're not gonna see results at the beginning of it. You're gonna see results at the end of it. And I'm gonna go back and try to actually link that one with leadership you're not gonna see you improving right away. It's not gonna happen overnight. You have to be consistent and disciplined about what you do day in and day out. It will happen and you'll see it at the end of it. It is a journey and it's not not, not gonna happen overnight. It is a journey. Absolutely,
1: absolutely. Perfect example is even for, for me with this podcast. When I started it, well, I mean, I originally started at the beginning of 2022, but really no one knew about it because I didn't tell anyone. But 2023 is like when I was gung ho, fully invested. I did some reflection yeah. about like the first episode I put out beginning of 2023 versus the last episode of 2023, and just put the clips side by side. I'm like, like I, it doesn't even look like the same show. <laughs> it's just like. Ooh. Like the backgrounds, <laughs> that's awesome. backgrounds totally different. Even like I look different. There's gonna some health transformation I went through last year as well. But it is unless you take the time to do that reflection side by side, and that's just over a year. Like, like correct. Like college is four years. Like when we go through elementary school or middle school is like three years. Like all this stuff. Like there's a lot that can happen in a year, but from the day to day, we don't see it. But when you're intentional about doing the thing and being 1% better, like James Clear talks about, when you look back after a year, you'd be surprised at how far you you go, which it, it is important to like track your daily progress, but don't get so mm-hmm. caught up in the daily progress and get discouraged that you don't look back over longer periods of time to be like, oh, I have made tremendous
0: strides. Absolutely. absolutely, and, and it, it, it's. I love that you're talking a lot about intentionality, right? If we're not intention about something, we're not going to be able mm-hmm. to do it, right? Because it's going to be in the peripheral vision and it's not in front of us. When you're intention, you see every single thing that is actually aligned to it. Um, the other thing that I, I just want to add to what yeah. you just talked about. Um, wow, I actually did lose my chain of thought while I was thinking. Through oh, I that talk one. too much. My bad. Um, <laughs> no you're good you're good it, it was it was something along the line of being intentional and, and and also being deliberate about what you're doing that's fine We'll i'll find it <laughs> when when we keep talking
1: yeah but yeah but the intentionality and deliberacy that's definitely a lot of stuff uh, john maxwell maxwell leadership speaker so and coach so.
0: Yeah, I, I remembered what I was yeah. going to say, Paul, it's, it's all about reflecting. You did talk about reflecting for a little bit. So being intentional and literally going back and reflecting. So think about your example. You said you looked at the beginning of the year, end of the year, reflecting, doing that side by side as leaders too, you always have to reflect. Mm-hmm. Um, I do daily reflection, reflection on how my day went, how I could have been better, how I would do stuff differently moving mm-hmm. forward. So reflection is really keen, but do not dwell on what's not working. Because dwelling is not going to move you forward.
1: Exactly. I think I'm just full of different books coming to mind based on what you just said. Uh, Another good book I read a couple years ago, and I feel like I'm just going to continue reading it every year, just to keep at the forefront, is Relentless Solution Focus uh, by... Dr. Jason Selk and Dr. Ellen Reed. And they actually, I was fortunate enough to get them on this show as well, Each individually. um, They were on the show and they talked about it. But it's what you were mentioning about being really focusing on what you're gonna do better as opposed to focus on the negative. And so they have PhDs, they've done their research in psychology. And what they shared is that really focusing on the negative does not actually help you like in any way, like if anything, it like hinders you. And so the whole idea behind relentless solution focus is focusing on the one positive thing that you can do to make things better. And they really focus on just the one positive thing. It's not like, not the five things, not the 10 step list. It's like, what is one thing in this particular moment to make things better? So perfect example could be someone just lost their job. What is the one thing you can do to make this better? obviously you're not going to get a job tomorrow. I mean, maybe that happens. I'm sure in rare occasions it can happen. But the one thing they can do to make this better is maybe just think about, okay, what happened? Was it something that I did or was it just the circumstances of the organization? And most of the time it was out of your control and just focusing, okay, what are the things I can do better? Whether it's Uh, working on your resume, start talking to different people, but just focus on one thing, start moving that direction, and that one thing leads to another thing, leads to another thing. It's really easy to get overwhelmed, and I catch myself with this this all the time. You get overwhelmed because you're like, okay, I need to do these 10 things, which I'm all about making lists, but when you get caught into a a cycle of uh, when you feel like you're not doing well, you need to take, Then they talk about doing this daily, think about like what are the three things you did well for the day and start focusing more on the positive. Mm-hmm. We can do 100 things well that day, but then we'll only focus on the negative. But w- when you're intentional about every day, what are the three mm-hmm. things you did bad? What are the things, three things you did well? And if you can't think of three things, what's one thing you did well? Focus on the things you're doing well True. and it'll
0: lead to more I like that. I like that a lot. I wrote it on the side, so I don't <laughs> forget. As I said, I journal a lot. So yeah. while people talk, typically I have a note right next to me. Yeah, so for sure. Thank you for those. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, I know you sh-
1: You share a lot of stuff about, you're always sharing different information with me. I know we didn't necessarily get it onto it here. You, you talk about Simon Sinek. I love Simon Sinek and all yeah.
0: the books and the videos I he do puts too. Yeah. And and, and coming from a different background, every time I actually listened to Simon Sinek, I was like, oh, this is how I grew up. Mm. So he talks about, he has a book that called leaders eat last, right? That's literally how I grew up as head of the household. You don't eat (laughs) first. You're the last one to eat after everyone else. When you have guests in your house, you Mm. don't eat first. You're the last one Mm. to eat. So some of it, I was like, these are stuff that I actually grew up with. So it, that's why it resonates for me. I was like, I understand this one. I've seen it in action multiple, multiple times. No, that's good.
1: But yeah. we are about out of time. Like it's really flown by and there's a lot of other stuff. I can't Yeah, I it. know. That's right. I know there's a lot of stuff we can <laughs> get into, but I want to make sure, is there anything that we haven't talked about either in what you're doing or you want to leave with the audience? like? Is there anything that you want to talk about that we haven't talked about yet?
0: Yeah. So I just want to finish with this one. This is a journey. We're all in it together. We're not alone. So, so what, what I'm trying to say is if you're struggling, if you need help, you have enough people to reach out to figure out what you're struggling with and just ask people for help. I'm sure that a lot of people say, yep, I'll help you. A lot of people don't know how to actually proceed or, or help others. If they don't get asked yeah. and sometimes when we actually try to help others they're like but i don't need the help so what i'm trying to say is figure out if you need help reach out to others i I'm, I'm i'm willing to help whomever actually needs help in anything i'm not a perfect leader i'm still learning i'm i'm still still learning more about myself how can i actually adapt how can i actually get better so there'll be some stuff that i'll say this had worked for me it may not work for the person that i'm talking to and such so What I'm trying to say is if you need help, just reach out. Absolutely. Absolutely.
1: So if someone wanted to reach out to you, what would be the best way for them to connect with you?
0: LinkedIn. I'm on LinkedIn. Um, I'm, I'm being deliberate (laughs) and intentional this year for me actually to check it and be on it more often. Um, I'm also intentional about my leadership. So you'll see a lot of posts that I'm going to be posting specifically for this year um about leadership and some things that I've learned here in there. Awesome. So LinkedIn. So
1: LinkedIn, Mazin Al-Najumi, it'll come across the screen. It'll also be in the show notes for you listening because there's probably no way you know how to spell that. It's not spelled how you think it's spelled. I know how it's spelled just for sort of knowing <laughs> you for so long. But... <laughs>
0: Do you want me to actually spell it for people? I mean, you
1: can spell it if you want, <laughs> but I'm sure they're still going to have
0: to show, go to the show notes. Let's go ahead and spell it. That's fine. <laughs> so it's 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 the same way that we say it's Al, me, Jew, me, and the Jew is J-O-U, and the rest is literally seamless. Yeah, so. the, the Jew part is
1: where you get tripped up. Yep. But yeah, like like you, you mentioned, just continue to... Go after your leadership to, to seek mentorship. It is absolutely critical. I, I don't remember who said it, but it's like the you're going to be the same person you are tomorrow as you are today, except for the people you meet and the books you read. And we talked about both of those things. Sure. Is that the connections we make that we're intentional about, and it doesn't have to be like, oh, I'm gonna create this strategy to meet the president of the United States. Like, yes, yeah, he's the most powerful person in the world, great. But absolutely, you can learn a lot from someone that's just one step ahead of you. And I, I tell students this all the time or even like young professionals, is that you might not think you have a lot to offer but you do for someone that's just a step behind you. So like I was telling my sister, she just entered the, the working world in the first year of, of working. There is a lot of information you can share to people who are in seniors in college that they don't understand the, the transitions for that, or even between working with people that are community college versus people who are a four-year institution. There is always someone you can help Look for how you can help someone and also look for how someone you can help you. And you have no idea how often that you just ask someone and they'll be willing to help. You might think it might be the busiest person, but a lot of times people don't ask at all or they ask selfishly. Correct. And if you ask the right way, open
0: so many doors. Hundred percent agree with you. Yep, hundred percent agree. Absolutely, with you. it's a good yeah.
1: message. But it was so great having you on the show. I'm glad we could make it happen. Like you mentioned, I'm sure we're. I'm gonna have you back on because there's just a lot of other things we didn't get into. But uh, yeah, but uh, for everyone that's been listening or watching, thank you for supporting me on incredible Paul Leadership. Or learning to become the most incredible, most credible versions of ourselves by learning from each other. You learn from Maz's story that even if you feel like you're not good at something, that doesn't mean that you can't change. You can't be intentional with your self-reflection, your journaling. Even when you get to a stage, like he said, he was in, in R&D. He loved it. He reached his goal and then he realized there's something more. So Don't limit yourself to think, okay, I'm going to do this one thing for the rest of my life. There is value in that. Maybe you enjoy it. Don't be afraid to take a step to do something different because that's how you can truly be incredible. Thanks for listening. Be sure to rate and review this podcast on your favorite podcast listening platform. We'll see you here next time. And be incredible. 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 Incredible.